Customers are rushing to your store. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it a mm, real POS? You need Shopify for retail. Shopify POS is your command center for your retail store. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify has everything you need to sell in person. With Shopify, you get a powerhouse selling partner that effortlessly unites your in-person and online sales into the one source of truth. Track every sale across your business in one place and know exactly what's in stock. Connect with customers in line and online. Shopify helps you drive store traffic with plug and play tools built for marketing campaigns from TikTok to Instagram and beyond. Get hardware that fits your business. Take payments by smartphone, transform your tablet into a point of sale system, or use Shopify's POS Go mobile device for a battle-tested solution. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. Do retail right with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash theathletic, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash theathletic to take your retail business to the next level today. Shopify.com slash theathletic. Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, ArmorAll, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on ArmorAll products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at ArmorAll.com. ArmorAll, less work, more clean. Terms apply. race is on and it's five down just one day to go in pre-season testing. Ferrari picked up the pace today, Mercedes faltered and Red Bull upgraded while Racing Point continued to look like the class of the midfield. So how does it really stand at the sharp end in Formula 1 as we head into the final day of running? I'm Ed Straw and Gary Anderson is here spreadsheets at the ready to reveal all. Well Gary, Sebastian Vettel fastest today, a 116.841. So 0.225 faster than the AlphaTauri of uh, Pierre Gasly. It was interesting to see Ferrari start to pick up the pace today. And we should add that the conditions weren't great. It was quite windy today. So it's probably the worst condition the track's been in in terms of the the ambient conditions and the wind, etc. But we have just at least started to see a little bit more from, from Ferrari. Yeah, I mean, just to sort of counteract that, there's actually eight teams have gone faster in the second test now um, than... You know, only two still retain their time from the first test. So yesterday and today, although people have been complaining about the wind, the teams have started to get a little bit, go a little bit better. But um, you know, obviously there's developments coming. We've seen quite a few bits and pieces here and there. All you know, relatively small stuff, but very important to the overall performance of the aerodynamics in the cars. As you say, Ferrari started to pick up the pace a little bit, and again, I sort of um, try and calculate it back to everybody being on the same tire, and. Um, at the minute now, they're 1.1 seconds slower than uh, Mercedes. Mercedes, on, on the first test, uh, did a, seven, uh, a 1 minute 16.432. And today, uh, on the same C3 tyre as such, Ferrari did a 1 minute 17.541. Now, a second, yeah, we've, we've talked about the sandbagging and they're detuning the engine and they're doing lots and lots of stuff. A second is, um, you know, 35 kilograms of fuel practical solution to be honest you know it's not the end of the world 
um, they did do their lap time on the C5 tyre, the softest tyre here, and obviously I do the calculations back to try and make everybody what their lap time would be on the C3. Still could be a tenth out here and there, but I'm, I'm closer than not doing anything. So um, it's not impossible to see Ferrari catching Mercedes. They're downplaying it a bit themselves. They're not happy. They're even saying, well, you know, racing point could be a trouble for us at the beginning at the beginning of the season. And I think they, they genuinely could be. Um, tomorrow's a big day, last day of the test for everybody. I'm sure we'll see what we might call some performance runs. James Allison said that tomorrow's the day for them to do a bit of that. Um, they didn't have as good a day today as, as with the Mercedes as, as uh, in the past. Uh, like Vettel, um, they sort of visited the gravel trap a couple of times. Lewis had a spin, and then and then it all fizzed out on him um, for some reason. So I think it was a, probably an oil pressure sensor or somewhere. But um, these things are buried so deep into these engines that you know sometimes you need to change the whole power unit just because you got a sensor problem. But I still don't know where we are to be honest in, in reality. Um, the body language of some of the teams is good. The body language of a few of the other ones is a bit sort of lazy. And Ferrari is one of the lazy ones, so they're either playing it down really well, um, or they're you know they just haven't quite moved forward the way they thought they had. It's still kind of looking where we were talking about last week that you know they're not going to be seconds down, but there could be some tense in it. And just to, to put a bit more meat on the bone, Sebastian Vettel was speaking after today's running, and he he was saying, "Well, the, the Mercedes looks more at ease." as if they're not having to try quite so hard, shall we say, has Mercedes as favourite. But at the same time, he's saying he's not particularly worried. So, you know, mixed messages coming there from uh, from Ferrari. So there's clearly some mindset of that. They're trying to portray a certain uh, a certain image, and it may not be that we really start to get a good, a better feel for them until, uh, until Melbourne. But I think I do... I'm inclined to agree with kind of your position that, you know, if a car's got the pace in it, it does start to kind of hint at it a bit more strongly. And, you know, a quick car's a quick car and it will be going quicker. And the windows we've seen the Ferrari operating in, it comes down to that question of whether they are running with an engine mode a second down on on uh, on, on where they could be for uh, for, for their longer runs, etc. And it, it's just it just makes it very, very, very difficult. I still find it quite hard to believe they're going to be behind Racing Point, but I do take your point that, if we take everything on good faith, then yeah, it does look like they are they they could be struggling. So uh, yeah, a little bit of a little bit of a mess there. But you mentioned Mercedes. Obviously, they missed out on a chunk of running. Lewis Hamilton, I think he was on his fifteenth lap of the afternoon, having taken over from Valtteri Bottas, pulled off at, uh, at turn five and uh, was taken back to the garage and never seen again. Um, some kind of yeah oil pressure problem, as you say, it can be a sensor. I mean. Whatever happened didn't happen because the sensor kicked in. Sometimes it's a sensor problem. Sometimes it is indicating a real problem. But losing a big chunk of the afternoon—that's the first real negative we can we can say about Mercedes in testing so far. It is the first real negative. Um, you know, the way these sensors work, basically, you know, they're they're picking up. Let's say it's oil pressure, and they've got a little window that they work in. Let's say the oil pressure is you know 100 psi or something. So they'll they'll be operating in a little window that. Everything's fine as long as it's between 95 and 105. Um, and then whenever that sensor changes uh, and goes below 95 or above 105 for some reason, um, it'll highlight to the data engineers, you know, change from a green line to a red line. Um, but during practices at Grand Prix and during testing, you'll have this sort of safety uh, situation where the engine will cut and just switch itself off because of it. Because you don't want to blow the engine up needlessly in the race, you'll you'll uh, disarm that so that basically you will see smoking bullets and cone rods and pistons and stuff. So 
this is just a, a prevention thing really that's shut down because of so you have to learn something obviously if there is a, an internal problem that's caused that pressure change then they'll find it now because if you blow the engine up you find nothing so um it's the right thing to do but it does lose them you know three quarters of an hour running or whatever it was at the end of the day but they've had a good run at it you know they're, they're not really lacking five days now and they, they really haven't uh, lacked in doing laps so there's nothing i don't think there's anything left in that little box that they haven't sort of ticked pretty happily knowing that they can go into tomorrow and and try to look for a little bit of lap time with the setup of the car there have however been a few problems for williams with the mercedes engine they've they're onto their third engine now they lost one yesterday which was a, an oil system related problem they also lost one changed it overnight thursday to friday in fact it's kind of been slightly misunderstood when that change was but it was actually thursday into friday they did the uh, they did the engine change in the first test and also williams had some mguh had an, an one mguh problem which the mercedes works team also had in the first test so there's some countermeasures in place uh, to correct that so there have been a few bits and pieces but at the same time this is testing so it's what it's for they've really been aggressive with trying to kind of push up against the the ceiling of what's possible with these uh, with these engine packages so you know, it's not exactly panic stations. It think things do go wrong in testing. It's just we've got so used to them running around metronomically that just one stoppage suddenly seems like it might be the end of the world. Well, last year they they, they struggled a little bit with with um, cooling the car. Uh, struggled. You know, they only won the world championship again, both of them. But they struggled a bit at some tracks with cooling. And the engine department at Mercedes have pushed very hard to a get the performance out of the engine and with the ability of running it a little bit hotter. These engines run quite hot. The water temperature will be something like 125 degrees. Um, and they've pushed very hard to let it run a little bit higher again than that and not lose power. Um, and they, I think they think they manage that. But everything then under the bonnet is all running a bit hotter. So it can have ongoing consequences in other areas. The, the one thing that you you won't be able to do, or you don't do really, um, is generate the underbody temperatures, you know, running on the dyno. Most of these people have this... You know, super dyno where they put a car on it and run the engine and gearbox all as a unit on a big rolling road as such so you can do to a certain extent that but you co- you have to cool it so you're cooling it artificially as opposed to cooling it the real way so you can get caught out a little, on a few little bits and pieces um, oil pressure problems or oil system problems that they had with uh, the Williams Mercedes unit um, you know and then a, an oil pressure problem with the works Mercedes unit perhaps there is a you know a bit of an an internal and inherent problem in there somewhere but again it's better to find it now than in melbourne so they'll be working pretty hard to recognize it exactly it's <laughs> right so yeah you're allowed to make up words there's no problem with that everyone knows what you mean but it's difficult isn't it because it's very easy to say well oil system oil pressure has to be yeah, the same yeah. thing but you know i've known people describe complete engine failures as la- as oil pressure yes, problems yes. because all the oil's fallen out and therefore you have no yeah. oil pressure so it's one of those it's like out of fuel isn't it so running out of fuel sometimes if the or if no fuel pumps always the one isn't it yeah rather that the fuel means there isn't enough fuel in there etc uh, in fact i've i've been officially listed as a as a fuel prompt problem for which was actually a fueling error um, when I was racing an MX-5. So, uh, so there you go. There we go. Even at the lowest possible level, we've all had those problems. Exactly, exactly. You've uh, done it in slightly more illustrious circles than uh, than I have, though. But yeah, we'll, we'll keep an eye on our Mercedes. Do I think they'll pick up where they left off tomorrow quite happily? And we will. We do see that as the quickest car, and there's nothing to say it, it isn't. And chances are they'll set their quickest time tomorrow. So yeah, not too worried for Mercedes. We should talk about Red 
Bull, we saw um, Verstappen have a, bit, uh, have a bit of a moment. So that, that car seems to be a little bit iffy in the slow corners. Not necessarily iffy, but it's been catching out the drivers. So it doesn't seem the most benign thing to run. But we've seen bargeboard changes. You said mm-hmm. they were quite dramatic yeah, yeah, because yeah, of the impact yeah. they could have. So we've seen Red Bull throwing a load of parts at the car. There's a few other tweaks here and there. But the bargeboards are the, the big thing. So what do you make of where Red Bull are, what they might have gained I think, you know, on the track and the fast corners, for sure, the Red Bull looks like a very good car. Um, in the slow corners, I, I, I do think it suffers a little bit with the front end, just can't get the, the grip. And because of that, you know, you're sort of muscling the car a little bit more. And we have seen Max have a few spins. Um, but again, you know, you're learning the car here, learning it's, it's where it's, where its level is. They've all, they've run a lot on the, the, this C2 tire, which is the, the hard tire that we, as we know it. Um, so they're really pushing in the laps to try to understand the car. That can be a little bit deceiving as well, because you know, unless you try the softer tires at some point in time to make sure the car balance stays the same, you could get a shock. You know, you'll never be trying to qualify on a C2 tire at any track in the season. So you need to get a little bit of experience on the softer tires. I'm sure we'll see that happen tomorrow. Um, they, they have brought some new new bits and pieces, um, new barge boards. As I said, they they try to make the barge board the section of the barge board that works the leading edge of the underfloor work work a bit harder and otherwise create some more downforce from the underneath of the car because these these cars have sort of two diffusers i suppose you might call it one the front corner of the floor acts in its own little right allowing the rear diffuser to to work harder on the central part of the car so they've been working on that to try and uh, get a bit more downforce out of there and you know the bits that go on there they look are sensible, you know, they're, they're, they're an approach that you would sort of say is, is the right way to go. They're not, I wouldn't say they're revolutionary, there's other people in the pit lane using them, but it's a combination of everything that, that makes it all work together. Um, so they've got some little turning vanes and that on the, underneath the tray, underneath the nose and stuff like that, all, all again to help the bars board work, work harder. So if all that comes together, then, you know, it's a tenth, two tenths of a second perhaps, you know, we talk about this sort of stuff here. A lap, one minute, well, Mercedes's lap is one minute, 16.432. And uh, Red Bull, at the minute, with their fastest lap, is 0.6 of a second behind them. And that's 0.6 of a second. That's in your adjusted times, isn't it? That's in my adjusted times, yeah. yeah. Just medically, obviously, adjusted for the C3s, just to, so people don't forget. It's 0.6 of, a time, 0.6 of a second in 76 seconds. So, you know, it's not a, it's not a million miles away. Um, but, you know, it's point. It's um, three tenths of a second, 0.3 of a second for 10 kilograms of fuel. So if Red Bull were running you know, 20 kilograms of fuel more than Mercedes, then that time equals itself out. And that's the sort of stuff we, we don't really know. We'll try and get a better trend through it tomorrow because I'm sure there will be changes and we'll see the people that pick up. Some people will run lower fuel tomorrow and we'll see the sort of offsets and who stands still and who goes forward. And then you can usually get a bit of a picture as to what people are doing. So... Uh, yeah, Red Bull have been putting bits in the car and, you know, I think they've, they've probably got a better car now than they had when they came to the test. I guess the hope there is that they proved the basic package quite nicely and then if you can, you know, throw the barge boards on, work everything harder, get the airflow accelerated, then the hope is that you'll get the commensurate rise in, uh, in downforce and therefore for pace. So if, if their package is working as, as hope, that's, the, I guess, the big big question now. And the, the fact that there have been a few spills in the, uh, in the slow stuff does make me wonder if it's 100% uh, solid, but 
again, that's what testing's for. Yeah, I mean, you know, there always will be. The thing about testing here is, is it's a pretty safe track, especially when Max was spinning to turn 13, which is just before the slow chicane. Um, and, you know, that, that's the main thing. He's, he's gone off a couple of times at turn uh, seven. Um, so fairly quick left-hander. Um, one of them was because of the, they did a fuel run-out test and it ran out of fuel at the wrong time. Another one was just because he... he, he he thinks he might have caught the curb or something in the damp section, but you never know with these sort of things. There's so much stuff going on. You know, you're working with the uh, regeneration of the from the engine to charge the batteries up and all that sort of stuff. And if that clicks in wrongly, you know, it can spit you around very, very quickly. So, as you say, it's testing, and that's what they're trying all these different things to make sure whenever they go to Melbourne or to the races, they're armed with a huge database of what to do, but more importantly, what not to do, which is throwing the hedge. Well, we'll have a very momentary break and then we'll be back with some more analysis from testing. Well, Gary Anderson, let's have a look at some of the midfield runners. And I guess the big question there is we've seen this consistent pattern of racing point looking very, very strong with their pink Mercedes, as it's become known, and it is unashamedly a copy, basically, of the aero of the uh, of the 19 car, although we should stress that you're not allowed to have any data transfer or anything. It has to be they take photos, they study it, they do their own version, and then... Uh, iterate through with that can we at the, at the moment say that racing point has got a bit of a, a gap in that in that group do you feel because they've just been running around it's working really well the drivers seem happier with it or do you think that still your mclarens your alfa tauris your renaults maybe even your alfa romeos that have had some uh had, had some quick moments through testing but i'm not completely convinced about uh, that, that there is a bit more to fight for going on there well, you know, I, I genuinely think that Racing Point have made progress. You would expect them to make progress, even if they stuck to their own, their old uh, concept, because they have had some good seasons and over their financial problems they had with when it was Force India and being bought out and all that sort of stuff. It does knock you sideways a little bit. And it was on average the ninth fastest car only last year. It did improve a lot, but, you know, it was a, it was a, a tough season for that team. It was a tough season. And, you know, as I say, the recovery from almost going out of business does take a bit of time. Um, so that, you know, they made the decision this year to, to follow the Mercedes route and not not the wrong decision because Mercedes just won six world championships in a row. So you can't really do that. You know, you can't. You wouldn't really look at the Alfa Romeo and say, oh, "I'm going to copy them." You would look at Mercedes and they use a Mercedes engine, they use a Mercedes gearbox, they use Mercedes uprights. So that whole package, you know, knits together quite nicely. Now, you know, as you say, you've got to create your own narrow surfaces, and they're adamant they've done all that stuff. Um, so we've got to believe them that it's all true. The car looks very visible, visibly, um, like last year's Mercedes. Again, you know, you, you can do that from pictures, and you can do that because you've optimized it from pictures, and you just kept going and going and going until you've found the solution that's actually better than your own um, your own concept. So, recent point, I think, are genuinely. Uh, a contender. They've done all their homework here on running the car on more or less on the on the C3 tire, the medium tire. So they're one of the teams that have had least calculations to do with on any other time. So they're the most real, obviously, other than fuel load. Um, and you know they, they started off the test um, day two. Perez did a one minute seventeen three four seven. That's the first test. And today, um, Lance Stroll did a one, one minute seventeen one one eight. So you know they're. They haven't moved forward during the test, let's say. They haven't moved forward very much. Just a little bit of trimming here and there in the car. I still think there's some, some something in there for them. And I do think that you might see them be the top of the midfield and close the gap a little bit to uh, 
to the whoever's you know the third team. Obviously, we expect it to be Mercedes, uh, Red Bull, and Ferrari those top three, and then and then a little bit of a gap to the next ones. And I think Racing Point might just shut that gap a little bit and be ahead of the be ahead of the midfield. Yeah, it's uh, it's interesting to look at. I mean, McLaren had an interesting day today. Lando Norris was fifth fastest, but he did also set a, a lap time on C twos that was damn near identical to the the fastest time he set, just fractionally back. So that indicates it could have gone quicker. That seemed to be quite a good lap in not great circumstances with the the wind, etc. So I asked him about that, and he did say that they were starting to get a bit of a feel for the car in sort of a qualifying scenario. But I stress that doesn't mean low fuel. It's just the the, the methodology of qualifying going out and and leaning on it a little bit trying to get the absolute most out of uh out of the tire but yeah he was relatively happy he said that there's some areas of the car that haven't improved as much as he hoped there's others where it has improved and obviously they're still giving away a lot to like sort of mercedes but overall they seem sort of cautiously optimistic but i'm not sure they're totally convinced about where they are what do you make of renault which is that other team that really needs to be up there it's it's been a bit hard to be sure where they are isn't it it is really and again they've been in and out with tires different tires all sorts of stuff uh, i've got them uh, just behind racing point at the minute it's fourth fastest in the overall test so far you know 0.9 of a second away from mercedes um but their best lap that they did was um was in the first test second test you know they haven't gone better than that and they've tried quite a few different tire combinations and stuff now so even you know the calculated stuff from the tire, different tires, um, you know the car looks looks to me the car looks like a step forward from last year's car as far as the package is concerned. You know all the bits and pieces and the nose detail and all that sort of stuff. But I do think they're they're scratching a little bit for front grip because they've done some work here on their front wing flaps and outboard end of the front wing flaps where they've extended the flap and they put a gurney flap and stuff on it's all been done here it wasn't there to begin with really so they've exaggerated that area a little bit and that's one area that can give you um, decent low speed front end grip because whenever you turn the steering wheels the front wing opens up and works harder so i think that they are looking for front end watching them through turn three uh, out in the track they're they're the one team that i would say you can see that they've got a bit too much understeer through there the cars all look from from you know from the front to the back. The cars all look fantastic. You know, three or four years ago, you're going out there and you're seeing some of the strangest looking devices you've ever seen in your life, all snapping sideways and all you know all over the place. But you don't see that now anymore. You just see the car. You know, the cars are running a little bit wider. It just doesn't quite have the grip of the of the quicker cars. And in the Renault's case, it has you know front ends just going away that little bit a little bit more understeer which takes you out near the marbles from the tires especially around turn three was a lot of marbles there so the clear near you get to those marbles you know the more dodgy it is and they're probably the team that is getting closest to those marbles and, and suffering the consequences on the odd lap where they get on them and that's there's no grip there at all yeah, I did ask Esteban Ocon today about the, the kind of front limitation, which he sort of, as they always do, they go slightly obfuscated answers. But he said, well, we've been experimenting lots with setups. So sometimes that's a limitation, sometimes it's otherwise. So he said it wasn't true that they're limited there. But I think, yeah, that it's quite consistent what we're seeing on track. So, yeah, it remains to be seen what they can make of that. But the fact that they kind of did go the wrong way on with their setup today suggests to me they haven't got a proper handle on exactly what the, what they're trying to do and sometimes you get that don't you with a car that that isn't quite right and they don't well, they've changed the front end concept a lot so maybe they haven't got complete control over the airflow as they want 
And yeah, when you see a lot of sort of setup changes and they're not entirely happy with it, sometimes that suggests a team that hasn't quite found the sweet spot. And sometimes that's because the sweet spot isn't there. Yes, I mean that. That's again, that's what all the different setup stuff's for. But the, the thing about it is that the the top teams, let's say, you know, Mercedes, Red Bull, uh, and Ferrari, obviously, um, they should be able to come to the track with a setup that works pretty quickly from simulation. You know, you take all the tire data, which every team has. You take your aerodynamic data, which all the aero maps and stuff, and you feed it into your simulation tool, simulation tool all your spring stiffnesses and all that stuff, and you optimize the setup around it. You know, you can change the springs, you can change all that stuff. It's all, it's all just a click on a keyboard, to be honest. Um, the things that you can't change quickly are the error map. Um, and if you if you haven't got an error map that sort of gives consistency in the car, then suddenly when you're driving it, you know, the driver's moaning about the inconsistency. Um, your simulation might not show that because you can sort of trap the car in a, in a little window where it'll work quite happily with springs and stuff but whenever you drive it on the track it's not quite as easy as that so to me Renault are here they they haven't got the handle on the car they've got right now as you say maybe they can't get a handle on it maybe it's not there but they haven't got a handle on the car they've got right now from the data they have and the simulation they've done they're still probably experimenting more than uh, than a lot of other teams are doing so will it all pay off for, for Melbourne well you know they need to pay off this year. They need, they, they don't want to be anywhere but fourth in, in the championship. They shouldn't be because they are the they are the fourth works team as such. So um, they need to make it work for them. And again, they've always they've never really hidden from showing their hand. So I think they're one of the teams that will give it a bit of a fling tomorrow. We should briefly talk about the teams that have kind of been ranked down towards the back as well. Williamson has. Do you want to just? Tell us a bit about Williams. Obviously, Nicholas Tifi set a uh, relatively good time today. He was fourth fastest overall, 0.472 uh, off Vettel's time. Last time we spoke about the Williams, we were kind of happy it was a sensible car and it worked. And even if they were going to be at the back of the midfield and the back of the grid, it was at least going to be a, a respectable rather than an awful back of the grid, which is a big difference from last year. Any reason to revise that? Do you think they could be upwardly mobile? Um, um, I think they'll be hanging on the back, um, but I think they'll be they'll be there and giving it a bit of competition. And we did see last year on the, on the odd occasion whenever maybe the others didn't get quite get it right, Williams were still able to to you know, give some some teams a hard time. I, I rate George uh, Russell very highly. I, I don't know Latifi yet really from you know, from how he is adapting to Formula One. He looks pretty competent. He hasn't made any great errors. Um, so as a team, I think that if they can just shut down that gap to the to whoever's you know ninth, let's say, and mix it with those guys at the back that little bit, then I think they've done a fantastic job, to be honest. Because starting from where they were, you know, they obviously had lots and lots of problems, uh, major problems. They haven't improved that much as as the um, as the w- tests gone on. I mean, the first test, the best lap was a was a one minute eighteen point one six. And uh, in this test, it's a one minute eighteen point zero one. So they've a little bit of time there, and my times are showing up, you know one point five seconds slower than Mercedes. They're worse than that for sure, because I'm sure that they, you know they're not running um, as uh, they're running a lower fuel load than than uh, than uh, Mercedes, because that's you know as a smaller team, that's what you would you would do. But you know I'm sitting here inventing that to be honest, because I don't know. But in practice, that's what I I see quite a lot of. And last year here, to be honest, the 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 uh, Williams was only like you know 
two and a half seconds, let's say, or two two point two seconds. I think it was slower than the fastest time, which at that time was Mercedes and Ferrari. So maybe they got a good they've got a good handle on Barcelona as well, or maybe just in testing they're on the Carlo and fuel. But again, tomorrow we'll see who who picks it up and who doesn't. And Haas also made a bit of progress today. They've completed their first uh, race simulation. They had tried one earlier uh, in the test, but didn't complete it. But Kevin Magnussen uh, managed one. Haas are interesting because they had this fundamental aero problem. They've tried to solve this, but a lot of time data gathering, trying to understand it. For the first time today, there was a little bit more positivity from uh, from the drivers. Kevin Magnussen said, yeah, it does feel different to last year. And when I asked him, well, are you confident you've made progress to that? He said, well, if it feels different, it's not going to be worse, is it? Because it was so bad last year there than the races. So has seemed sort of cautiously optimistic, but also very, very conscious of the fact they got it spectacularly wrong last year and didn't notice or start to notice even until they got to Bahrain because the conditions masked it. So they must be in a slightly strange position. But we have seen has often pre-season their lap times haven't been very flashy in outright terms but they've they've set some good long runs etc and Magnussen said had quite a bit of dig on one stint but then changed his approach later on and it was a bit more even so they're definitely getting to the point where they've got a car that's sort of raceable and they're almost the wild cards at this stage because they you'd sort of have them down the back ninth tenth at the moment but I wouldn't completely put it past them, sort of catapulting themselves like right into the thick of that midfield fight. Yeah, and I, you know, I agree with that. And I think that tomorrow they've got to show that because they need to have confidence in both ends of the the job, which is qualifying and the race. You know, last year here they were actually quite good. Um, they they performed quite well, and in Melbourne they were very good. And unfortunately, the wheels come off their wagon as such. They you know didn't get the end result that they deserved. And then they, they at least got one of the cars home last year, yeah. previous year, both of them. So oh, yeah, yeah, by that yeah, by yeah. that trend, they should get both cars home, first <laughs> and second in midfield. Yeah, it doesn't always work like that, unfortunately. But, you know, it's one of those things where the, the conditions of the, the temperatures, you know, the type of tracks, all that sort of stuff, really do contribute towards um, the car's performance, especially, if you, you know, you've got the other, other tracks like, like Bahrain and stuff, you can find problems that you've never seen before just because of the temperatures. And it's not just the temperature on the day, it's, it's the sort of inherent ground temperature because it's, it's baking for months, if you know what I mean. It's not just it's that day old sun's come out, look at this, I've got a problem. Because, you know, whenever you think in the underneath of these cars, it, the underflow and the, and the ground are working like a bit of a venturi. So it's very easy for the, the temperature of the ground to sort of affect your, your car. And it will do, you know, if you've got an aerodynamic problem underneath the car, when it gets hotter, and when you go to hotter circuits, that that problem will just multiply itself tenfold. So, I think for Haas, they're they're going to go to a lot of races this year. Still, fingers crossed and hoping. But um, you know, their performance this year, they, they've done, they've gone through the testing. They've, we've talked to them, and they've said, look, we've got to get the data together to make sure we understand the car as best possible. We don't want it to be a repeat of last year. The only way we can do that is just run consistently, different setups, and all that sort of stuff, and try and find the right solution maybe that's what they're doing but I would like to see them just give it some welly and see what see what happens because you need to do that as well especially if you're a midfield team because it's going to be so close that lot well I'd urge all the teams to give it some welly on the last day of testing tomorrow and then we might know things a little bit more positively and for certain but 
the picture builds every day the plot thickens uh, we will be back tomorrow with our, our final podcast we'll have scott mitchell joining us as well and we'll we'll talk through all the teams in our final test verdict i know there's a as we've gone from podcast to podcast some teams we've kind of skipped over on certain days so uh, we will have the the final picture tomorrow so do check out the race.com and don't forget the hyphen loads of stuff written about testing on the website there and also check out our youtube channel where we've been doing some videos from the paddock We'll be back tomorrow with the definitive testing verdict. (laughs) 